Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I am your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. Thanks for joining us. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today is one David Vlad Urban, vocalist, guitarist, and keyboard player in the shoegaze post-punk trio known as Waking Lily. He's also a member of the experimental electronic dirge duo known as Filament Band. He's currently writing music with the hopes to start rehearsing again, with both acts playing live relatively soon. Urban is also planning an EP with Waking Lily called Tales from the Pulsating Void, including three classics plus three brand new songs. For our conversation today, we are going to be discussing Daydream Nation. That, of course, is the fifth studio album by American alternative rock band Sonic Youth. It was released back on October 18th of 1988. It was recorded at Green Street Recording in New York City and was released by Enigma Records as a double record. Daydream Nation has been widely considered to be Sonic Youth's greatest work as well as one of the greatest albums of all time. It was chosen by the Library of Congress to be preserved in the National Recording Registry in 2005. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest to the program. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah, really, really glad you're here. Um, We're going to be chatting about Sonic Youth's fifth offering titled Daydream Nation. Uh, What inspired you to choose this particular record from the group? Um, basically I, I, I feel like it, it kind of, um, as a musician, it kind of changed the way I, I viewed being a musician or, you know, the way I played music. Um, when, so when, when I first found out about that, the, the record, I, I really had just started playing in a band, um, for the first time. Um, I'd been, you know, playing guitar for a while and then I joined with, um, Mike and Paul who play in Waking Lily and some other people in a different band we were in. And, um, I was still in the Navy. And uh, so I had, I'd come back and I've been stationed back here in, in DC area again. And so we just started kind of like jamming, making noise. And, um, you know, we were like, let's form a band. So, you know, we did that and we were, we were pretty rough sounding <laughs> kind of, you know, noisy, discordant sounding, um, not necessarily by, uh, by design. That's just kind of how it was because we were all kind of learning what we were doing. None of us had really played together in a band before. So, um, but but I'd always been kind of more of a fan of like progressive rock. So I was a big rush fan. I like, yes. Um, bands like Kansas, you know, and I started learning, you know, a little bit of metal, but very like kind of like virtuoso musician kind of bands is what I liked, but it, it wasn't really, you know, I was very new as a musician. So I, I was like, you know, kind of rough sounding. Um, but Mike, on the other hand, you know, he was really into a lot of punk rock. So, so, um, and he worked at tower records and he was like always bringing home new stuff to show me. And I remember one day he was listening to daydream nation, uh, just came out. And I, I think, um, silver rocket was on and it was like that middle section where there's all that just like noise. And I was like, at first I honestly thought it was like a recording of our practice or something <laughs> because that's kind of what we sounded like. So I was like, what is that? And he's like, Oh, it's this band Sonic Youth, you know? And so I was, I was like, wow, this sounds amazing, you know? And, and, it, and it, it kind of just like validated what we were doing a little bit, you know? Cause I was like, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, being 
more of a into like progressive rock and very very polished sounding music um i always kind of in my mind i was kind of like hoping we would sound a little bit more like that um but then i realized that we were actually doing something that you know people would actually listen to you know so that's kind of what you know what turned me on to it and the next you know next day he brought home a copy of the of the cd to me you know and i started listening to it and that was kind of turned me you know changed completely what type of music i was i would want to listen to you know i wasn't so like closed-minded about you know what types of music i would like so it was really you know kind of freed freed up a lot of creativity with me we're chatting with Vlad Urban here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarkas, specifically about Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation. Daydream Nation, I believe, was uh, recorded on Enigma Records, as you've mentioned, back in 1988. Um, Vlad, can you describe for our listeners or tell for tell our listeners uh, who the players are? Who makes up Sonic Youth? Makes up this just sheer, like, monolithic noise beautiful melodic noise yeah that's a melodic noise that's exactly I, I, i've used that term before because that's exactly what it is um so uh you know, f- four four people in sonic youth uh thurston moore is the you know i guess kind of the ringleader of the band um guitar vocals a lot of the vocals they have three people who do vocals kim gordon bass and vocals uh lee ronaldo is the other guitar player and steve shelley uh a very underrated drummer um, in my mind, um, you know, I don't know of many people who are like really into drummers would have him on their list, but I think he's got a very unique style. I, I, I love, love what he does. Um, he hasn't been on all the records, but he's been on almost all of them. Coming back to the group, but always kind of a, uh, an integral part of the band. Yeah, I guess. for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Um, chatting about Daydream Nation here with Washingtonian, Vlad Urban here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka. Um, this feels like a really good time to just launch right into some of your favorite tracks. Um, but before we do that, I got to ask you this question. Do you think that Daydream Nation was one of these records that the band was kind of building towards all along? Or do you think this was kind of a continuum of, you know, something, you know, that they had, you know, started, you know, just a few years earlier, kind of in the early to, to middle 80s? Um, what do you think? Um. I think they kind of built towards it. I mean, I, I think, you know, the previous album sister um, was, you know, a, a maybe a little bit more going in the direction. I, um, a lot of daydream nation is, is a little bit more say commercial sounding, you know, uh, as, as, as opposed to, you know, underground sounding like the, you know, the earlier albums. And I think, you know, sister had a couple, couple song tracks that were a little bit more, commercial sounding. And then I think this was kind of like their, you know, it's like, so it's like a, you know, a lot of songs and, you know, it was a you know, double, I think it was a double album, right? It was. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so it was, um, cause I had CD, so I don't know if that was, I think it was just one CD if I'm not mistaken. No, it was two CDs. It was two. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Was it but, one um, of like the, the boxes that you used to be able to buy? Um, you know what I mean? Like, right, you know, yeah. some, some like not box sets, but like 
they would literally come in these large rectangular boxes in some cases, if there was a lot of material to showcase. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I think this is, this is kind of like, I mean, in my mind, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's their masterpiece in a way. Um, and they've done lots of great stuff ever since, but just so many, so many great tracks on it. It's hard to even like have, you know, favorites, but I, you know, I, I do have some particular favorites, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great record all around. Speaking of tracks, where would you like to begin? Um, we can literally go cover to cover or we can pick out your absolute <laughs> favorite tracks and we can, you know, we, we can discuss them in great detail if you'd like, uh, be guided by you. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the, one of the things that I, that I realized, you know, going back and listening to this over the last few weeks, you know, getting ready for this is that like I, a lot of the lyrics, like, I don't really even know what they mean, you know, like it, it, it's in, I think that's, you know, maybe intentional. Um, I mean, obviously they know what they're writing about, but um, it's, it's funny going through and, and realizing like, you know, I don't know that, you know, back when I first listened to it, I didn't like sit there and stare at the lyrics. I just kind of like, I, I'm more like the music more than, you know, more than the lyrics, but there were always some cool little lines that I remember from, from the different tracks. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much, if you want to go in order um, of, of the, of the record. Um, I mean, teenage riot is, you know, well, the first song I heard was silver rocket. So um, I'll start with that one. Um, I mean, I, 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 I think it's, I'm not really sure, you know, what silver rocket actually is. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's drug related in some way. Um, but I, I don't really, I'm not really sure, but, um, I, I, I think that, um, what I really liked the best about that track was just, it, it's, it's the best use of noise that I've heard, you know, that, that middle section, but the first time I listened to it was just like, you know, I, I remember when, when the first, the first time we ever you know, practiced, we had a band practice and it was in my parents' basement and they were like, what is that noise you're playing? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so it, 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 but, but this was like noise, but it was like focused in, into something that actually, you know, it meant something, it was intentional. And, and that was what, what really turned me on about the song. How can we describe that middle section that you're referring to? for our listeners is there some sort of is yeah, it analogous I mean, to something that you might hear like it's, it's almost it's like, like heavy a, machinery yeah like, machinery or like almost like a chainsaw or something like that where they're all just kind of like grinding their guitars up against something and you know feedback and just you know but 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 it comes out of it into like a you know a more you know structured section right after it but it comes out of it like you know I don't know how to say this. It just, it's not like it was just like random noise, you know, like it was like they, they you know, they planned it that way. And, and th- that was what I loved about it. Cause you know, and, and I don't know if, if they played it that way the same time, you know, when they practiced it or if that's just how it came out on the record. And I always wondered, you know, when listening to it, like if you saw them live, like would it sound exactly that way or would it be like just a, a section of noise that would be different? And, um, I, I, I did find out that, I mean, it is, they do pretty much play, stay pretty true to the record when they play live, which is great, which I unfortunately was not able to see till years later. So you have seen the band live. A few, have quite you a heard, few times. 
Have you heard them perform Silver Rocket Live? Has that made a set list on one of the nights that you've seen them? Yes. Cool. Yes. Um, and and I was, yeah, it was it was a great moment, you know, as you know, hearing that because you know, like I said, it was the first song I ever heard by them, and it, you know, really kind of changed my life, you know, musically. So that was a that was a great moment. Chatting with Vlad here, Washingtonian Vlad Urban here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka about all things Sonic Youth, all things Daydream Nation. This is their fifth album in total at this junction in time. It was 1988 when Daydream Nation was released. What's next, Vlad? Um, the first track, Teenage Riot. Um, what I, you know, what I love about that track is that it's, um, it's, it's just a, it's it's very punk, but it's it's a very you know commercial kind of commercial sounding song, and 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 I just I really enjoy you know kind of you know what they're what they're singing about, like um, you know it's it, it's kind of like almost like anarchy type of thing. Um, I, you know, I I don't know specifically if this is true or not, but I, I, I did read somewhere that apparently they're referring to Jay Maskus somehow in some weird way, like wanting him to be president. <laughs> um, but I don't of know. Dinosaur where, Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where that comes to. I mean, there's nothing in the lyrics related to that, but apparently there that's, that's what's behind it. Um, I didn't, didn't know that till recently when I was kind of researching things but um but, you know i mean it's it's just uh it's just about like youthful exuberance and you know um you know wanting to to kind of take over you know that's just kind of what it what it seems like and it, it, it fit very much kind of the way i was feeling at the time you some know, of the lyrics kind of reminded me of a game of tag for some reason no you're it no you're really it <laughs> yeah exactly yes very, very playful at the beginning yeah, amidst the chaos. Um, right. It's interesting you bring up Jay Maskus and Dinosaur Jr. because both groups at the time, I think, were on, well, you know, shortly before Daydream Nation came out, they were on SST before Sonic right. Youth moved over to Enigma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I, I was, you know, Sonic Youth was kind of a bridge into other other bands like Dinosaur Jr., you know, like that, that um, you know, I could talk about his records too. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Another, another great one. Yeah. All right. So after, excuse me, after Silver Rocket and uh, Teenage Riot, what is next on the list here? What is next on the track listing? Would that be The Sprawl? Yes. I, I enjoy I, I like how they went, you know, I don't know if they did this intentionally, but, you know, they had a couple Thurston songs, then they had a couple Kim Gordon songs, then they switched to Lee Ronaldo's song. Um, so it was kind of like, that, that's another thing that I liked about the band is that they had multiple people who sang, which was kind of like the band we were in at the time. Uh, we had primarily a female vocalist, but I did some vocals and one of the other guys did some. So it was kind of an interesting, you know, connection that I had had with them. But um, yeah, I really, um, the sprawl um, was, uh, I mean, the, the, the first thing I remember from hearing it was uh, like Kim's, Kim Gordon's voice. I was like, she's so, such a sexy voice. Like, I, I loved her, like, kind of like raspy, yeah. you know, way that she sang. Um, it, it was, you know, an interesting song. And, um, and I, was, I was pretty sure that she's, you know, the, 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 the lyrics are uh, 
maybe about about hookers or something or I, I, I don't really know, you know. Interesting. Um, yeah. But, my, my, my initial take was very anti-consumerism, anti like big box store kind of. Maybe. Yeah. Dialogue. Um, I mean, there's some, there's some great, you know, uh, great little lines, um, in there. Like, um, you know, does fuck you sound simple enough? You know, like, you know, just, um, something talking about like, well, come on down to the store. You can buy some more, 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 um, talking about how she was like when she was younger she was i don't know if she's talking about going down a sliding board or something or like some well, i don't know what I'm trying to think of off the top of my head but kind of about how like she got turned on to like whatever it was that she was singing about i don't know um but it, it was you know interesting you know another um just some really nice melodic parts to the song too. Um, you know, the kind of, you know, obviously a lot of it's kind of discordant, but then really nice melodic parts, like middle section kind of interlude to it. That's, that's a great, great little piece as well. Yeah. I sequentially, it fits right in right, right after silver rocket, that sort of heavy machinery sound that you heard on silver rocket, you know, just sort of kinds, you know, finds its way into, a lot of these middle sections too for the sprawl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So after the sprawl, we have a track called cross the breeze and uh, it's got this sort of like metal middle Eastern, I think type of influence to it. And uh, man, when I heard this, I, it, I, I could really hear how much a band like the Foo Fighters, you know, was influenced by this when they were perhaps writing, you know, stuff that became ever long. I don't know why I just put Everlong and Cross the Breeze together. Yeah, um, I never thought of that comparison, but I can I can see yeah from from kind of like the the yeah. maybe the, the structure of it or the the kind of feel to it. Yeah, rhythmically, somewhat. I don't know. Yeah, there's there, there's a part in there. Um, it's about it's it, right before the vocals start, where it's like the the, the bass is really like kind of pumping and then there's like a little there's just like kind of two two separate guitar parts going and like e- each part is kind of like they could they, they could be if you just had that part it could be a cool song part on its own and they're all going at the same time and then like in one second it kind of just like does this little switch where it's just like it's, it's like a little more than two minutes in like two minutes and 20 seconds in it just goes like it just like does this switch and then the vocals come in and, and, and it really reminded me of like, you know, going back to like the, the progressive rock stuff that I really liked where it was like, you know, where you have these weird, you know, time changes or, you know, different chord signature changes or something where it was just, I mean, it was just really subtle, but it was, it, it just like sounded amazing, you know? And I always, whenever that moment comes, I'm always like ready for it. It's like that, that little hook, whatever it is. And it's cool if it only happens like once in a song for some it, reason. Yeah. And, and you're waiting is, for it, it to is, come back around. <laughs> yeah. It's just once that it happens, but it's just like, and I, you know, I always, I often wonder with things like that is like, is that something they intended or it just happened? Did they think of it the same way that I do as a listener? Like, is it like to them, is it just like some part of the song and they don't even think about it? Or is it like when they played it that way, they're like, Ooh, that sounds really amazing. You know, the way that happened, we have to make sure we do that all the time. Um, I don't know that I've ever heard Cross the Breeze live. 
Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's that exact, but, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some cool lyrics on, on that song as well. Um, they seem to like to sing about like hell and Satan and stuff. And like a lot of their, like a lot of hell and Satan references in their songs, which is interesting. There's a lyric I I really dig here. I took a look into the hate. It made me feel very up to date. I want to know, should I stay or go? Yeah. Well, I'm wondering about this song is like, is is it about a relationship or is it about like, she's with a guy and she's like at his place and should I stay overnight and leave or like what, you know, what specifically is it about? And is it about some experience that, that she had or is it just, you know, some story that she came up with in her head that, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, hard to tell, but it's a interesting, interesting song for sure. Absolutely. One of, one of my favorites actually, I'd have to say um, just, you know, musically, you know, that, that initial part and that little thing, it's just really, you know, one of the, one of the top songs I think on the record. Chatting with Vlad Urban here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka about Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation, their fifth offering that was released back in 1988. Uh, let's see. After Cross the Breeze, we have we have a tune called Eric's Trip, and this is, uh, I think, Lee Renato takes uh, the vocal mic on this one. Yes. Um, his, his first one. Um, really like, you know, I really like that one. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure the song is about, a, about an acid trip um, by somebody's acid trip, which, you know, um, there's, I think there was a, um, there's a line in here that I, I remembered. Um, oh no. The, yeah. At the beginning, there's like a little thing that he whispers and mm. he, he whispers like hatred. I hate the past. It's like the very, be- and, and it, it took me a while, like listening to it. I, I, when I listened to the song, I always knew that there was something there, but I couldn't like remember what it was. And then like, one day it kind of came to me what it is that he's singing, but it's, it's like, it's just at the very beginning before like the song kicks in, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I, I enjoy um, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, Lee Ronaldo's songs. I mean, they, they, they seem to have a kind of a little different feel more, maybe, a, I don't know, maybe a little bit more, a little bit more dark sounding. Um, There's a snarling kind of affect to his voice that's really cool yeah so yeah that's that's another good one um let's see what else we got here write down a few notes about most of the songs yeah um this this one kind of reminded me just a little bit you know of little fury things from dinosaur jr off you're living all over me for i don't know why oh you mean eric's trip yeah yeah Yeah. eric's trip a little bit see that yeah and a little bit of like Dylan thrown in there, like stuck inside a mobile from uh, Blonde on Blonde, which was kind of a nifty juxtaposition. If that's if that's what may have informed that song, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's good it's, stuff. It's, it's hard to, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of the songs you don't know specifically what they're about. I mean, I think that's one of the one of the few that does have like you kind of know what don't know who Eric is, but you know, you know, it's about about a about an acid trip. Um. Um, what's next on the record? Oh, total trash. Um, yeah, that's another one that, um, I guess it's a recurring theme. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't really know specifically what, you know, what the song is about, but I, I, I really do like 
it, it, it's got like kind of like some little more commercial appeal to it. And there's, you know, there's, there, there's some just really interesting, interesting, you know, hooks in, in, in the music and in, in the verse and everything that I really like. Um, fun song. You know, I, I think we were, we were actually thinking about maybe, at least I was thinking about trying to like learn that and maybe cover it or something back then, but never happened. Yeah. It's a real odyssey, isn't it? It's about seven. I think it clocks in around seven and a half minutes. So what song is after total trash? Is it? Hey, Joni. Yes. Okay. What do you think about? Hey, Joni. Um, I think, I, I think it's about like an old relationship or something. Um, or at least maybe a perceived old relationship. Um, I don't know. It's, it, I was reading somewhere that people were questioning whether it was about Joni Mitchell or something, but I don't really know why that would be, um, or where that connection would be. Um, but it seems like, like, um, Lee Ronaldo, I, he tends to write things that I think are maybe more about him. Like maybe just, I don't know why I think that, but it just seems like the songs that he writes have more coming from his heart. Like it's something that he's experienced himself. Whereas maybe, you know, I don't know why I feel like it's just, just kind of like my take on it, um, on the songs. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's another, another solid song. Like I really can't think of a, a song that I don't like. Um, but, um, I mean, Providence, the next one is, is, is kind of a, kind of a funny one. I got kind of a little funny story about that song. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know. I don't really know who's, who it is that's on the phone call or leaving the phone message. Uh, maybe it's Thurston's dad or something or, Oh, it's Mike Watt. Oh, it's Mike Watt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I remember when, when I don't know if it was the first time I heard the song or, or it was just one of the times I heard it, but I remember I was, um, I was, I think I was just listening to it in headphones and I was like laying on the couch or laying in bed or something. And I kind of fell asleep and that, that was playing. And I kind of it made me had like some really odd dreams. Like, and, and I don't know if it was like, I kind of came out of an odd dream when it was on. Cause it's like a short song. So it must've been like a short dream, but I was, but I was just like, and I remember in the dream, I remember that there was like a candle. So, which is like appropriate because I thought like the album cover and I was like having just this weird dream and like, you know, it's just a, you know, it's just a funny, funny song that like, it's, I guess it's not really a song, but it's just like a little thing, you know, on the, on the record. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned that you had a dream while listening to Providence and saw a candle in your dream because incidentally, the next song happens to be called Candle and there's a really nice like arpeggiated sort of electric guitar series of lines from Thurston on this one. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, that, that that is one of the more melodic, you know, beginnings to a song that they have. Um, it's like a like a beautiful beginning. Um and um, there's there, there's there's one uh, line on here that I think is uh, really cool. It's like, uh, "I'm the cocker on the rock. The wind is whipping through my stupid mop." You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you can just um, you know see his hair and like the mop. You know, like the mop head. I guess that's what he's talking about. But I, I think that was some cool kind of alliteration of of you know what 
what he, you know, what was happening to him or whatever um, in the song. But there's definitely like some, you know, more drug references in the song. Um, so, which, which seems to be kind of a, a, a common theme. I mean, it's talking about crystal cracking and, um, you know, the rock. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's talking about a crack rock or meth or whatever. I don't know. But I, I feel like there's a weird reference, not weird, but um, there's a reference to, you know, staying a candle. You, you might be in a room and there's a candle burning and do you leave the room as soon as the candle, you know, is it, does it safe to leave the room? Does your, right. does your trip wear off after the candle stops burning? What happens? Yeah, it's, right. it's very ambiguous. <laughs> For sure. After Candle, Dave, David, we have a um, song, another Lee Ronaldo tune called Rain King. What do you think about this track? Um, it's one of the one of the songs that I'm I'm I never really listened to that much. Um, for some reason, I I never really I just kind of passed that one over. I guess I don't I don't know why. Um, kind of feel bad that I <laughs> don't really have like much, much, you know, to say about that one. I, I, yeah, we, we could continue. I'll just make one short comment here about the, the very last uh, verse here. It says, I'm here in this world, cruel world, dreaming of a pitchfork kiss. I just wonder if the word pitchfork inspired a magazine. Nice. Maybe. But after Rain King, we have a we have a Kim Gordon pen track called Kissability. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, another, another, you know, her, you know, vocals, you know, you know, really sultry kind of vocals, um, and um, you know, another, you know, has an, a really great heavy piece in the in the middle of it. It's it's another song that I, I'm trying to figure out exactly what she's singing about um is you know it's an, it seems like it's another kind of like relationship type of song maybe it's about being a female rock star and could be some of the double standards that come with that right you know that place of being a public figure that's true yeah could be open to interpretation after kissability we have uh we have a trilogy we have the wonder that's part a part B is hyperstation and part Z eliminator junior. This trilogy concludes the entire record. What do you think about trilogy? I, 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 I love it. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's super long, you know, um, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of different, um, different kind of interludes, um, you know, heavy to soft. Um, I, the one, the one note that I, that I found interesting is kind of like, um, in hyperstation, they actually refer to, you know, daydreaming days in the daydream nation, which is kind of like, so it's kind of like sums up the album, I guess. Um, you know, that, I guess that's, that's pretty much it. It's good to me. It's, it's kind of like, um, it's almost like an entire side of a, of, of an album, you know, as, as long as it is, um, Walking through the streets in New York City, they're mentioning Bowery to Broom to Green. Yeah, and just like kind of like wandering through life, and you know, talking about like, um, you know, I mean, it's stuff like you know, 
transmitter Ryan transmitter all the time looking up at the sky. I'm seeing ghosts flying. Um, I, I'm not really sure, you know, what they're referring to there, but um, it's, it's, it's just very like, um, I don't know. I guess it's kind of confusing a little bit, like exactly what they're singing about, but you know, that's how they are, I guess. We're chatting with Vlad Urban, Washingtonian Vlad Urban here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka about Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation. Uh, David, I would like to close our conversation with, you know, a chat about cover art. So we live in the 21st century where things are just always happening at such a rapid clip. But when it comes to releasing music, the one thing that is still ever present is some form of cover art. When you look at the album cover for Daydream Nation, what kinds of images are conjured up in your mind? Um, I don't know. Just, just um, you know, maybe just uh, just sitting. You know, it, to me, I guess it's just kind of like sitting in a dark room and just kind of thinking about life and thinking about what you're going to do next, and just um, you know, thinking about. Um, what 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 did you do wrong in the past and stuff like that? Just kind of like reflecting, you know, being reflective. That's that's pretty much you know what, what I think of. Um, and you know, it, it does definitely remind me, you know, of of their songs and kind of like the their overall like um, I can't think of the word. Just just the overall feeling of the way you know the way that their music sounds. David, Yo. it's been. It's been such a pleasure to, uh, chatting with you today. Thank you so very much for being on the program. And uh, I really enjoyed our conversation about Daydream Nation. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Nice chatting with you. Thank you so much to all of you for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcast, whether that's on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to tell your friends and family about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. That will certainly help us appear higher in search results. And as always, feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.